episode 163, Justice League of America number 110, and other Christmas-related things. Time travelers, and welcome back to another episode of the comic book time machine. And today, the time machine element of things is going to kind of take uh, front and center stage in the sense that this episode is actually going to be released before the episode I planned to release already. I recorded a blind bag episode at the end of when I was sick with COVID. And that was intended to be released uh, right away. And then I had some website issues that came up and we're also trying to sell our house. And so just all these things kind of happen. And then suddenly I realized it's almost Christmas and I have a Christmas comic book that I want to do. And the blind bag episode that I want to do after Christmas is the blind bag that I got from Walmart that has an issue of Wonder Woman that ties into the Wonder Woman movie, which is coming out on Christmas Day. And so just because of all of the timey-wimey, and by timey-wimey, I don't mean uh, actual time travel, I mean time-sensitive things that are going on, uh, because I also want to talk about Endless Winter, which is actually technically I could have done Endless Winter instead of this one here because that actually has some pretty uh, significant ties to Christmas and the Christmas season. But I have this comic. I actually have a handful of comics that I've set aside that are Christmas-related that I wanted to do in the month of December. And as you can tell, there has not been a new episode for a long while of the comic book time machine. So obviously I haven't done like a Christmas series in the month of December. That's okay. I'm, I'm living with it. Um, because, you know, life happens and a lot of life has happened in the last, uh, I don't know, six or seven weeks. A lot of life has happened to a lot of people over the last year or so. And so I'm just trying to, you know, get back into the flow of things, do things, you know, and the, the comic book time machine is when I take time to read comics and sit down and talk about them. And I don't always have time to do that. And so this is a spare time project. And I really appreciate people who have stuck with the comic book time machine and listened to the episodes as sporadically as they may come out. But for right now, uh, like I said, the Christmas related stuff that I have that I wanted to talk about. I'm not even sure where that is. It's been packed away. I said we're trying to sell our house, but we've already started packing our house because we needed to make room for us to make our rooms look nice. And so a lot of stuff has been taken and is now sitting in a barn in my in-laws or at my in-laws house and that includes the box of comics that has the Christmas-related stuff in it. And so the only Christmas-related things that I actually have here in this room that I know of, other than maybe some things that are in some collections that I don't know of, is Justice League of America number 110, Superman, Peace on Earth, and Marvel Zombie Christmas Tale, or Zombies Christmas Carol. Now... 
Marvel Zombies Christmas Carol. I've had this for a few years, and I keep intending to read it every December. I think I should read this. And I've actually left it out in a place where it's very easy to see. It's been out and visible, unlike some things that are packed in boxes or, or whatever, uh, or in piles. And yet, for the last, I don't know, three or four years, I really am not sure how many years I've had this, I got it for $2. $2, hardcover graphic novel of one of my favorite Christmas stories of all time. And I just can't bring myself to pick it up and read it. And I just, I just never have the right... Uh, mood when when I have the right when I have the time to sit down and read it I don't have the correct mood and when I have the correct mood I don't have the time and so I just have not I, I flipped through it once or twice but I have not actually read it and so that might be I don't know 2021 Christmas who knows I don't know Superman Peace on Earth meanwhile is one of the greatest comic books of all time and part of one of the greatest comic book series of all time. I've talked about this before, I believe, but um, Superman, Peace on Earth, Batman, War on Crime, Shazam, Power of Hope, I think, and then Wonder Woman, something about truth, and then there's a Justice League uh, one that they did. I love these so much. It's Paul Dini and Alex Ross, and it's just, these are beautiful, beautiful works of art. Superman, Peace on Earth starts with a Christmas story where he's bringing a Christmas tree into Times Square. And and then it goes on from there where he's dealing with can't, he can't help everyone, you know, and and it's it's a real human story about uh, Superman. It's something that's very relatable. I believe that that's one of the best stories of Superman where you can say to yourself, OK, I'm not Superman, but I can actually relate to Superman in this story. And that's what I expect. That's what I hope for in a, in a good Superman story. But that's not what we're here to talk about, because I have this comic Justice League of America, uh, number 110. The reason it is not with the other ones in a box is because this is one. I've been going to my local comic shop, buymetoys.com, and they had a small stack of really uh, older comics. Normally, they don't have comics that are this old. And they had a small stack that were sitting outside of the, the long boxes, and it was just kind of sitting, waiting to be placed into alphabetical order in those long boxes. And so while that small stack was there, they had some House of Mystery and some things like that. So every week when I would go in, I would take a look at them and, and choose one based on um, how interesting does it look and also how cheap is it, because I'm cheap. Uh, but this one, I, I thought, you know what, I'm going to... I'm going to grab this because I don't want to miss out on this because the cover had me so intrigued, so intrigued. So this is Justice League of America, number 110, and it's DC, 100-page, super spectacular, only 50 cents. There's um, Here Come TV's Super Friends, and then the Justice League of America Shield logo, which has always been so cool to me. Then you have three... Uh, images, three boxes that have some artwork in them to tease the stories inside while the Justice League is all standing around it. So there's the Justice Society's war against street gangs. The world's greatest heroes team up with Satana, the magician. And then the one that really got me thinking, I really want to get this and I really want to cover this on Comic Book Time Machine. The year's most startling story. The murder of Santa Claus. 1973. The Zatanna story 
has a, just a small little picture. You can barely see what's going on. There's what looks like a mountain, but then you look closer, and it's actually a melting candle. And there's a waft of green smoke, and in that green smoke, Zatanna, Hawkman, Green Lantern, Batman, uh, Elongating Man, Elongated Man, I believe, and I think Adam is actually in the story, so he might be in the picture. You just can't see him. But there's that picture. It's not interesting enough for me to really want to know what is that story. Justice League Society or the Justice Society's war against street gangs. That's got a little bit of an intriguing um, picture there. You've got uh, Our Man, Wonder Woman, Flash, Black Canary, the Justice Society, and they are standing near a fence and standing in front of this fence is a kid with a jughead hat and he's holding the he's holding the stick with a nail in it but his shadow that's being cast behind him is a man in a trench coat and a fedora and in his hand although the man is standing in the same position as this boy this man has a gun in his hand a little more interesting but the main event the main event, the year's most startling story from 1973. There's Santa Claus lying face down in the snow. A bag of toys tossed aside near him. A couple of the toys have tumbled out. And also near him, something that I never took any notice of until I actually read the story, there's a key with a red bow on it. So you can bet that that is actually the thing that made me say, I want to get this comic and I want to read this comic and I want to find out what's the deal with the murder of Santa Claus, 1973. Now let's talk about these stories for a moment. Um, the story is actually called The Man Who Murdered Santa Claus. Uh, but let's talk about the others first. There is Z, as in Zatanna, and Zero Hour, written by Gardner Fox, penciled by Mike Sikowski, and it was reprinted from a Justice League of America number 51 from 1967. And they actually have uh, Zatanna making a point here. She says, well, you've seen the Justice League in a new tale and the Justice Society in a classic adventure. Now, here's one in which none of them took part, yet five of them helped me, helped me, Zatanna. How could they be in the story yet not in it? Read it and find out. Oh, one thing. This took place before the elongated man joined the JLA. That's why he's listed as a guest star. Now, the most interesting thing about this story to me is that this story talks about um, Zatanna trying to rescue her father who is, is missing. And that's actually a major story thread in the Justice League Dark series right now. Now, Justice League Dark I, is the only regular comic that I'm reading monthly and I'm actually all caught up on it right now that's really great because uh, that ties into the um, uh, the endless winter miniseries that's happening and that endless winter miniseries actually is uh, I think it's Justice League Dark number 29 is a part of that miniseries and so when I realized this is going to come together I, I, I told my comic shop that I wanted to pull all of the Endless Winter stuff, because it just looked like an interesting side story. And like most crossovers, it gives you that nice little cross-section of what's going on in the DC universe of the time. And also features a Swamp Thing 
Now, I'm not going to say which Swamp Thing because there's actually a couple different Swamp Things that it features in the story. But with uh, with using Swamp Thing and Justice League Dark, that means that Justice League Dark as a series and this Endless Winter mini thing, we're going to dovetail together. And so I wanted to get caught up and I am now all caught up on that. And so, the, the, again, it was interesting to me, though, that in both of these, uh, that's apparently a big part of Zatanna's story, is, is her father and her father being missing and, and gone from her life. Now, with all that said, um, the story itself is convoluted and a little bit weird, and it feels like, and probably is, just an attempt to kind of take all of Zatanna's storylines that have been kind of floating around when she doesn't have her own series and tying up these loose ends as she's part of the Justice League. And so she actually calls in these members of the Justice League and says, hey, I want to thank you for helping me with this adventure, even though you didn't actually help me with this adventure. And then she talks about how in Supergirl number five and in Detective Comics number 428 and Superman uh, special number 272... Superman special number 270. I don't know. That's what it looks like it says here. Uh, and in Detective Comics number 439, these are, I'm assuming, backup stories or part of an anthology style book. She teamed up with each one of these in looking for or finding some sort of mystical enemy or mystical item. And those were actually then clues. And each one of those adventures, she was finding something that was going to help her to find her dad. And then she used their images to create um, like helpers on her journey to, to rescue her dad. And so she's just calling them in to say, hey, thanks for helping, even though you really didn't help. And they were saying, yeah, you're welcome for giving you our help, even though we didn't really give you any help. Not a great story. <laughs> So the, that's actually the third story in the book. The second story in the book is the Justice Society story. And oh my goodness, this story, it cracks me up. Okay, so the story itself is called The Plight of a Nation. And it's just a society story. It's from All-Star Comics number 40 from 1948. And... This story just, it cracks me up because it is totally one of those uh, scared straight kind of things, kind of like uh, Reefer Madness or some of those stories where it's supposed to like present to you uh, an issue and allow you to understand this issue. And so this whole story is about kids who are juvenile delinquents. And how they're going to turn into criminals. And so you have the Justice Society of America. And then you also have their um, oh, their little junior gang. And so the Justice Society of America junior gang actually gets in a fight with this gang. That's There's a, this gang war going on between these two junior kid gangs. And then uh, Justice Society of America junior gang, junior league, whatever they are, jumps in and, and, and becomes a part of that. But you also have the Crimson Claws. And so some of these kids who are from this one gang, they're actually being used by the Crimson Claws to, to do some crimes and stuff like that. But at some point here in the story, it stops to educate us on who and what 
these kids are. You literally have members of the Justice Society of America visiting an office of an expert. And while they visit the office of this expert, he explains to them, this is what makes a juvenile delinquent. And it's, <laughs> I'm going to find it and read it for you. The caption box sets the scene five minutes later in the precinct police station. And it's Green Lantern who's talking to some people here. I'm glad you'd ask me about these kid gangs, Green Lantern. They've been bothering us, too. If something isn't done to set those kids straight, Captain, they'll grow up to be hardened criminals. Yes, and that's why we're working with Mr. Jennings here. He is a social worker who's been looking into the rising problem of kid gangs. How did these gangs get started, Mr. Jennings? To understand these kid gangs, let us understand first the individual member of the gang, the juvenile delinquent. A juvenile delinquent is a child between 7 and 17 who violates any city ordinance or town bylaw or commits any offense not punishable by death or by imprisonment for life. What causes a boy to become a juvenile delinquent? Suppose we create Joe delinquent and see. And then it shows a newspaper and the headline says basic causes creating Joe delinquent. Malnutrition, physical defects poverty, emotional, and mental defects. There are also contributing or aggravating causes that create Joe delinquent, lack of proper home life. And it shows a kid talking to his dad. Dad, I want to tell you about school today. Beat it, Joe. Can't you see I'm busy? Go out and play with your friends. He lacks the fundamental principles of religion and is apt to be a poor student in school. Joe, you failed every one of your tests. Ah, who cares? I'd rather play ball or go to the movies. Many judges in children's courts have failed to understand problems of the maladjusted delinquent child. If I agree to dismiss your case, Joe, will you be a good boy and stop throwing rocks at passing railway trains? Sure, Your Honor. Sure. Our municipal government must share the blame, too. Cellar clubs, pool rooms, and streets not properly policed are attractive places for kids after school. We all pal around together, so let's use this cellar as a hangout. Swell! I'll get jackets made and put our name and emblem on them. Soon the gang from one block will be fighting the gang from the next block for thrills or because of racial or religious hatred and frustration. The gang's heroes are big-shot criminals of the district. They see them all dressed up with fancy clothes and driving fancy cars. They may even name their gang after them. You've been very helpful, Mr. Jennings, but I must leave now. I'm due at the Brent House. And the Brent House is where the kid who is the this story's particular juvenile delinquent who is actually going to be um, a help to the cause. But his big brother is actually part of the Crimson Claws and his sister doesn't know what to do because she's trying to raise them because their parents are... It's a whole big thing. And it really reminded me of those old movies where they're really just trying to show you like the cause of the problem and here is the problem and it leads and you know but those movies oftentimes just end with the kid being killed or something but uh I haven't seen too many of them in pure form however I have seen a number of them in mystery science theater 3000 form and honestly this story probably deserves that kind of treatment um the climax is the one kid gang takes the kid who so so the kid from the Brent house he's going to pretend to join the gang and then they realize what's going on so they go ahead and they put him on a railroad track to scare him now the railroad track doesn't have any trains going down that line however 
a train has an emergency, needs to go down that line. It turns out he's actually going to get killed by this train. He doesn't because the Justice Society of America kids division, whatever it's called, I can't remember. But they uh, they go and they rescue him and all's well that ends well as long as it ends, I guess. Uh, not the greatest story, but I did get some joy from reading that story. But then there's the main event. The main event, the man who murdered Santa Claus. And wow, I kind of killed my throat doing some of those voices. This book, or rather this story, was reprinted in um, Best of DC number 22, which is Christmas with the Superheroes. I'd love to get my hands on that. It's one of those Digest books. Blue Ribbon Digest. It was also reprinted in Christmas with the Superheroes number one from 1988, which was actually a comic book-sized thing. Showcase presents, of course, in Justice League of America, the Bronze Age omnibus. But this story, well, who did this story? Let's see. Written by Len Wein, penciled by Dick Dillon, inked by Dick Giordano. And it looks really nice. It looks really sharp. I was surprised, actually, to see that I had read, actually, a page out of this before. Now, there's some really good things about this, but then there's also some really not great things about this story. But the mystery that starts this thing off, Superman, Batman, uh, I'll read the captions. It says, Begin- the, the most special adventure, this most special adventure of the Justice League of America begins not with a call to danger, but as an errand of mercy as the world's finest duo, Batman and Superman, rendezvous to, but we'll let you find that out for yourself. And then Batman says, you're right on time, pal, to the second. Superman says, I wouldn't miss it for anything in the world. You ready yet, Santa? Those orphans won't want uh, won't wait all evening, you know. And they have arrived to apparently help Santa do something. And Santa is getting ready, putting on his costume. And he says, be with you in a moment, Superman. I want this outfit to look exactly right. Boom! A bomb goes off in Santa's room. What happened? My head feels like someone's been dribbling it, says Batman. And then Superman says, an explosion from the bedroom. My invulnerable body shield you from most of its, effects, of, of its effects. Batman says, and Santa, what about Santa? Who is he in that room? Oh, dear Lord, no. And then we get the splash page, the opening page for this thing. Sorry, chum, but there's nothing we can do for him. Santa Simpson is dead. And if I didn't know better, Batman says, I'd swear the key to his killer is in his hand. And there is literally a key placed in... In his hand, I don't know how this all works here. There's a key in his hand with a note. And the note says, To the Justice League of America, a Christmas gift to you from me, a very extra special key. Beneath the arch, it fits a lock that once it's turned will save a block of city folk, both mare and bum, from being blown to kingdom come. So waste no time. Don't hesitate. You You have till 12 to find the gate. This key will fit. You have till 12 to find the gate. This key will fit. Though I admit... I think you'll be too late. Signed, an admirer. And these two pages draw me right in. Like, I am I am in. Why did this guy get killed? Why did this Santa get killed? What is going on with this Santa Claus that he deserved to be blown up by this bomb or that someone believed he deserved to be blown up by this bomb I mean, this is the inciting incident, and it's all about the man who murdered Santa Claus. And we will not come back to Santa Claus for the rest of this story. 
We're, we're just, we're done with Santa Claus. Santa Claus is dead. The note has been delivered and it's, it's done. <laughs> and the mystery does get solved because they have this key and this note, but it, it just, okay. So they put out a call. Everyone, all the Justice League needs to get in there, and not many of them can can actually make it. Uh, Aquaman, Mira are busy. Elongated Man is busy with Sue. Uh, Captain Adam is busy. Uh, Green Arrow and Black Canary can come. Hal Jordan is just getting out of the shower when he's alerted of this. He slips on some soap, hits his head. The ring gets off his finger, puts him in a healing coma, and then goes and gets John Stewart, which is kind of cool. Now, <laughs> okay, so the page where this happens, the top where he slips on the soap, dumb. <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna say it right now, it's dumb. The bottom, the bottom half where it's John Stewart getting the ring, not so dumb. I mean, that, that's kind of cool because it means John Stewart is gonna get to be a part of the story, and it's kind of nice. There's actually some moments between Green Arrow and Green Lantern, John Stewart, where Green Arrow is just kind of, oh, you're not, you're not my guy, you know. And John Stewart's like, I'm wearing the the suit. I'm I'm Green Lantern, and and uh, at the end, uh, they call him Green Lantern, and it's a big moment for for Ollie. Uh, Red Tornado is also a part of what's gonna happen. Now, from here, it just goes into clown shoes. I mean, the story just gets stands up and says, look at my feet. I'm wearing clown shoes right now. And even though this clown is wearing Santa Claus Christmas-themed uh, outfit, it is a clown. <laughs> it gets really dumb. I don't like judging that harshly, uh, but it does. It just does. We then get, they find the spot where the key works. And the way they find it makes zero sense. Let's see here. Logically, we try this key in every lock in the city, except that it would take us years to finish the job. Now, if the Flash were here, unfortunately, Flash is absent, Superman. But I am here, says Red Tornado. And if our standing Green Lantern will utilize his power ring to make this key Geiger counter sensitive to the lock it fits... I will endeavor to serve as Flash's substitute. And Superman says, forgive me, Tornado. You're right, of course. Please go ahead. And Green Lantern says, okay then, brother. A little concentrated willpower and zap. You get that key anywhere near the correct lock, and man, you're going to know it. (laughs) So he flies around the city with this key, with this Geiger counter-sensitive key that will start heating up And that's what happens. The key pulsating, throbbing like an overactive heart in this crumbling building before me. I found the lock. It fits. So he brings them there. There's a bomb in this building and this bomb is going to go off if they don't find it. And so they have to uh, get everyone out of there, but they also have to find this bomb. And so we have an arcade style uh, fun house of doom where there's a whole bunch of traps as they're walking through this house and with each trap. Okay. So Santa Claus died in a splash page, dramatic and wonderful. And I really want to see where this is going. And, uh, then in the rest of the story, starting on page 13 and going through, I'm not sure even how many pages takes to kill them off. This supervillain kills 
every single member of the Justice League, or at least gets them close enough to death that they are considered dead. Now, Phantom Stranger helps them by making sure they don't get killed, but he actually could have killed without the Phantom Stranger's uh, interference. Could have killed every single one of them. Now, the villain is what's his name? The key, key master. Yeah. <laughs> so. His motivation is because they stopped him once. And so, again, I'm going to read from the actual story. The arrogant dolts, they really thought they'd taken care of me for good when last we met. And so it shows Superman grabbing the guy, and he says, I'll find a way to escape no matter where you put me, Superman. Really? Says Superman, even for my fortress of solitude, will you be kept in a state of suspended animation? But then it shows a courtroom scene with the Flash, Green Lantern, um, Superman, and Green Arrow. And back to the narration, it says, They might have indeed been rid of me then, had not Superman's suggestion been ruled unconstitutional by a too lenient judge. Instead, I was sentenced to 20 years to life. But as it turned out, life was the shorter of the two extremes. For a routine examination by a prison doctor revealed... And this is the doctor speaking. I'm sorry, but there is no doubt. The various psychochemicals you've injected yourself with over the years have destroyed your cellular balance. In a word, you are dying and then back to the narration i wouldn't last out the year the doctor said i might make it through christmas but i'd never see another new year under the circumstances i was paroled from prison to carefully plot my vengeance <laughs> so the justice league of america was responsible for the only defeats i'd known in my life how could i leave them alive to witness my final defeat my death the murder of that dime store Santa Claus. So, okay, at least we get a little reference back to it. The key clue that led the Justice League into my spe specially prepared death maze, all re the result of, uh, <laughs> of months of planning and preparation, all part of my unique Christmas gift to myself, my last gift, the destruction of the... And then he gets interrupted. Forget it, brother. The tag on that gift should say you can't open it till Christmas and it's still a few minutes before midnight who no it can't be you it's impossible <laughs> okay I'm sorry but this thing okay so the guy is key is his name and he or the key um this guy has been a thorn in the Justice League of America's side for issues and and issues <laughs> It's, I'm sorry, it's just dumb to me. It's it's just not great. The bomb ends up going off, so they lose, but they don't actually lose. And this is the part that I did not realize I had seen before. They didn't actually lose. Jon Stewart was not allowed to actually interfere and fix up the neighborhood that these people live in. It's, it's a bad neighborhood they're all living in squalor and um it's it just needs it needs help and so when the bomb goes off john stewart just goes takes his ring and uses his ring to recreate the neighborhood but without the leaky pipes and without the rats 
And I'm not sure where the rats ended up from his fixing up of this neighborhood, but he was able to kind of get around the rules and actually help out the people of this neighborhood. And that's where he gets some some respect from from Green Arrow. Then the other person who gets something out of this is Red Tornado. And, you know, this is where, okay, so the ending, getting to this point, now if it hadn't been Superman and Batman, uh, I would have been able to go along with it a little bit more that they all died along the way. Now, obviously, I know that the heroes in Justice League of America, you're not going to take out the team. You're not going to take out the main team. This is not in this Christmas issue, you know. Uh, but I would be more accepting of things if it had been elongated man. And if it had been, um, you know, some of these lesser powered heroes and then, you know, Green Lantern, John Stewart doesn't know the ring very well. Yeah. Great. Put him in there, too. And uh, so Red Tornado learns a lesson here, though. Uh, so this last page, it just kind of all boils down to um, Red Tornado is going to get a Christmas gift. Then, in a certain orbiting satellite, several hours after the Justice Leaguers have said farewell to their substitute Green Lantern, You summon me, fellow members, for a reason of some importance, I hope, says Red Tornado. My friend, Miss Sutton, seems to be growing a trifle annoyed with my sudden departures. And then Black Canary says, We think it's important, Red Tornado. We wanted to give you this. I do not comprehend. What have I done to deserve such an honor? Superman says, It's not an honor, it's a gift, a Christmas gift from all of us. And Green Arrow throws in humbug. <laughs> so Red Tornado opens the gift. It's a new uniform of some kind, he says. And Superman says, a new Red Tornado uniform to be precise, chum. Black Canary designed it and sewed it herself. I was just too tired of that drab, grim outfit you've been wearing. So go ahead, Tornado, try it on. I did not even notice this whole issue that he did not look like the way I am used to seeing him. I didn't notice at all. I just didn't. And so this whole time, Red Tornado has been uh, red and doesn't have any of the yellow trim. He's just red with trunks and cape and gloves and boots. But then now he and those are purple. Well, now he has a yellow, red and blue theme where it has like the uh, the T emblem on his chest. It has yellow gloves, blue cape. Um, these yellow trim, it's a great outfit, great outfit, great costume design. It's, it's a, if you let, if you ask me, this is an iconic superhero look that he has here, but I didn't even notice that he wasn't wearing this the whole time. So there's a whirling blur of motion in the chamber. And then thank you, my friends, this new uniform is most appealing yet. I still do not understand your purpose in giving it to me. And then black canary explains, but we need no purpose, Red Tornado. Don't you understand? It's Christmas. The satisfaction, the reward is in the simple act of giving. And then Red Tornado says, giving? Do you mean as in the way each of you sought to give your lives earlier this eve that the rest of us might live? And Black Canary says, not exactly, Tornado. It's more like, and Super says, no, Dinah. <laughs> Maybe Red Tornado is right. After all, they say the man whose birth we celebrate today gave his life that all the generations to follow him might live in peace. And Green Arrow, very small in the background, ah, just wish him a Merry Christmas and be done with it. And then Superman says, am I hearing right? What did you just say, Oliver? Black Canary says, I said Merry Christmas, a simple Merry Christmas. You want to make something of it? And so our uh, super Scrooge, Green Arrow, 
ends with a not quite bah humbug and not quite a changed heart, but almost. So that is the year's most startling story. Boy, I hope not, because then 1974 may not have been a great year for startling stories. Um, Now, this one cover date is March, April 1974, but on sale date was December 6, 1973. There's 96 pages in there, but it's technically 100 because you can include the cover, inside front cover, back cover, and inside back cover. That's 100 pages. Um, I'll just say this, though. As much as I thought the story was stupid, <laughs> there were some good moments. And the Justice Society of America story, there was some moments in there that kind of made me laugh a little bit. Uh, the Zatanna story, I just kind of glazed over. It wasn't, it wasn't drawing me in at all. But this book, in its newsprint, in my hands, it was just this heavy book. And man, oh man, this was just... The read itself was a fun experience. Sitting down with these newsprint pages, heavy weight in my hands, it just was a great experience. And so all that said, I I just want to say, I hope you had fun hearing about this Christmas story. I had fun reading this Christmas story. Um, I just wish it had been better. I really want to take those two pages and maybe get rid of that poem and the, the key and actually have a Superman Batman team up where they are solving a mystery, you know, the world's greatest detective and the world's um, strongest man, man of steel, you know, let them go out and solve this mystery instead of what we got, which was the, you know, the fun house of terror kind of thing that just did not do anything for me and just got silly. The traps were things like a yellow sun, like there's there's a yellow sun and there's all these robotic uh, toy soldiers coming after them that are yellow. They turn yellow and so the ring doesn't work against them. There's these giant ornaments that fall on them and, and one of them sucks in Batman but he's able to um, the others are able to escape because of that. Black Canary. There's a, um, a parade. Cal- Cal- Calliope. Cal- whatever. Um, music machine. And there's smoke coming out of the pipes, and Black Canary uses her her uh, vocal powers to keep the smoke away. Actually, see, that's where, yeah, have a death trap for a low-powered character like that. And she's like, I'm the only one who can hold this back, and so you guys need to get out of here. There's no time. That actually kind of makes sense to me. But Superman flying into a... Uh, <laughs> a mini yellow sun in a trap under a trap door. So they fall through a trap door or whatever. Actually, no, they don't. Yeah, they do. They, they fall through a trap door and then a, a, a yellow sun appears above them. So the ring doesn't work, but inside it's actually putting off the radiation of a red sun. I should, I'm not going to edit that in, in post, but you guys know that I did correct myself. Uh, so it was yellow and red at the same time. Superman flies through it to stop it from burning everyone. It, it's just, it's goofy, it's ridiculous, and it's just silly all around. Is it the worst comic I've ever read? No, it's not. But on the continuum, it's close. <laughs> it's close. Was it worth it? I don't remember how much I spent on this. It was under $10. I imagine it was over 4 Um, But in that range, was it worth it? Was it a worthy read? Yeah, yeah, sure. What am I going to do with it now? I'm not sure. I'm actually getting rid of a lot of my comic books. Um, 
especially if this move goes forward, if we can sell our house, uh, we have a offer on a house, we're trying to sell this one, and if we can sell this one, we can move to the other one. If we don't sell this one, who knows what's going to happen. But either way, I'm going to work on getting rid of uh, some of my comics and, and really just kind of simplifying life, so to speak. And, you know, I'm going to hold every comic in my hand and ask myself, does this bring me joy? And if it doesn't, no, I'm not really going to do that. But hey, I want to thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for spending time with me as we talk about comics. And man, uh, I'm not sure exactly what the order is of what's coming, but the Endless Winter th- series is something I want to talk about. I have that blind bag that I did when I was recovering from COVID. And I have the Wonder Woman blind bag that I want to open up. Um, And then there's a series of uh, explorations that I want to do with the comic book time machine that has to do with Frank Miller and his Dark Knight cycle. I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to call it. I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to do it. I have everything except for one book right now, though, that are Frank Miller's Batman uh, stories. So there's Batman Year One, Superman Year One, which ties into that. That's supposed to be the same Superman that you get in Dark Knight Returns. All-Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder, uh, Batman the Dark Knight Returns, Batman the Dark Knight Strikes Again, Batman the Dark Knight Master Race, and then there's a couple uh, short stories that fit in there as well. There's Batman Last Crusade, which actually takes place before The Dark Knight Returns. There's Batman Dark Knight The Golden Child, which happens after Master Race, which is the final chapter in all this. And then there's Batman Spawn, or Spawn Batman. I can't remember which way it goes. But that is actually supposed to be the same Batman that goes on to do The uh, the Dark Knight Returns. I'm really excited about doing this, and I'm just going to hopefully have fun doing this and that's that's the whole point of why I read comics I read them to have fun and having fun means sometimes I'm reading something that I really enjoy sometimes it means I'm reading something that I don't enjoy but kind of have fun laughing at it uh, sometimes it means I'm reading something that's really touching me and, and causing an emotional response like I said mentioned before mouse that's not a book that I read and I really enjoy having a great time reading it so much fun but it touches me And so there's an emotional reaction there. And so I kind of consider that, you know, having a good time reading comics in the sense that it's causing an emotional reaction and it's causing the emotional reaction it's supposed to cause. Uh, And then sometimes, like I'm hoping a little bit with this Frank Miller thing, it is something that I enjoy because I'm learning from it. I'm, I'm looking at a master doing his craft. And I know that honestly, I'm, I'm probably going to be getting into some of the best and some of the worst of Frank Miller's work uh as i've talked about before frank miller frank miller's ronin is a book that i just adore and and artistically i i I love this book and it's inspired me and i'm hoping that there's going to be some form of inspiration that comes out of this exploration of of frank miller's dark knight cycle i'm i keep calling it his cycle because that makes me sound smart so that's why i do that i shouldn't say that it doesn't actually make me sound smart. It makes me feel like I sound smart. Also coming up, there is a new Swamp Thing series that will be starting. And then there is the Swamp Thing connection to the Future State series that they're doing. And so I'm excited about all of this. Can't wait to do all of this. And, you know, here's the thing. You know, this is what I do when I have time to do. So right now I have time because my kids are watching a Christmas movie that I'm not super excited about. And by not super excited about, I mean, I don't like it really much at all. 
Uh, it's the new Noel movie that was on Disney Plus from last year. Uh, it's not the worst. It's not as bad as Elf, you know. Sorry, don't mean to yuck people's yum. If you like that movie, I'm sorry. But that's all for now. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great, blessed holiday season. And until next time, Godspeed.